Welcome to Cancelled. We are almost through. This is the second to last podcast of Colcheck the Night Stalker. What are we going to do after this? You know? I mean, who knows? The world's going to be changed. It's going to be a lot different. That's for certain. Yeah. Um, my eyes have been open to a lot of uh, <laughs> possibilities. I feel like at, at, after the last episode, you're going to like have me escorted out by security. I love my idea that I have just waiting in the back room. Some the, dude. In the fucking bedroom. Or some, it's just Nick Saperino in that cop, <laughs> that cop costume. Comes oh, to, shit. To escort you out. Oh, God, that's so funny. <laughs> Uh, you almost died today. Yeah, I almost was murdered uh, thoughtlessly by a, by a crazy driver. I was leaving my god the goddamn bar I work at, and someone just like swerved into oncoming traffic, going probably about forty miles an hour. So if they hit me, I probably, if not, would have died, would have been hurt very, very badly, and we wouldn't be here having this conversation. The people, that's true. People have been waiting for this episode. They've been waiting for it. Yeah, I was, I was died, and I was thinking about it. That's the second time on that goddamn street. I've almost been hit by a fucking car. Yeah. 12th Street. 12th and Lamar. It's a little dangerous over there. I was walking across the street one time. Uh, I, I left work, and I went to the coffee shop across the street. Excuse me, to, uh, to, do, some, to do some writing. And um, I was walking back across the street like an hour or two later, and this car drove out, made a left-hand turn, and they, they didn't have the light or anything. And they almost hit me. They, they were probably about half a foot away from hitting me and I just yeah. we just stared like locked eyes yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was like oh my god that was so fucking crazy and then like I was like oh I was really sh- uh, shook by it and I walked back to, to my uh, parking lot and this old couple was like hey are you okay and I was like yeah I'm fine like nothing happened and then I started laughing hysterically and I go hey and they turn around and I go, you know what's funny? My car's not even in this parking lot anymore. <laughs> I had driven because I started to drive away and realized right. there was a bunch of traffic. So I parked at the coffee shop. So yeah. I was walking back to a parking lot. My car wasn't even in <laughs> and I was going to die. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, you, the worst of uh, like it's happened to me multiple times when you're like 100 percent in the right. You're just crossing the street. Mind your own business. And someone fucking does some crazy shit. And yeah. Hit you. And then they go. What? They give you that face like, what the fuck? No, what the fuck you, man? Yeah. I am in a skin suit of fragility. (laughs) You are driving a two-ton fucking vehicle. Mind your goddamn business. Yeah, I mean, I know. I mean, I weigh like, you know, 240 pounds, but you're going to beat me. Yeah. You're going to win decisively. No, it's not like a child ran into you in like a... a (laughs) No, No, that would make me just as bad. Oh, man. One time... uh, I was walking with this buddy of mine whose name was uh, his nickname was Big Tuna. Don't even know why. Hell yeah! Dude. And uh, this little kid, like he was, he was, he wasn't a giant man, but he was a you know, six foot tall, okay. kind of like like you would picture like a like a a dude from Chicago. So like kind of a big belly, big chest. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we're walking down the street, and he doesn't see. There's this little little fucking like kind of toddler, like barely walking child. Uh, they walk directly into each other because he's like not looking down he's just like looking and he doesn't see the kid and the kid walks boom and falls like and not hard but like there's kind of he walks into big tuna falls down on his butt big tuna falls down on his butt and looks up and big tuna's like oh hey i'm sorry and the kid just like he was fine when he fell but that interaction just drove that kid it's a complete hysterics really? he's like ah! just sobbing and screaming you know What's uh, and his and his mom, I guess, was like a little like 
the reason the kid walked into him was like the mom was like distracted doing something else, so he didn't. Yeah, she didn't see the interaction. All she heard was a scream, and she turns around. And there's this giant man standing over her, screaming child. God, please tell me his shirt said "Big Tuna." <laughs> be oh. Fucking great. Oh, I wish it's it funny because you said like this guy from Chicago, and I immediately knew what you were talking about. Yeah, barrel from chest, Chicago. Yeah, kind of be- belly, but but tight, not like loose fat, like a tight fat. You know what I mean? Chicago women. <laughs> Oof, I wish. Jesus Christ. They're all... We don't have to get into it, but they're all just what the doctor ordered, man, for the Dean Man. I can't believe oh, yeah? it. Oh, I can't. Oh, you like a like a you like a hard-working lady. A like little a, bit, yeah. Lady. And like like this lady came in the other day with her boyfriend at the bar. <laughs> and they're from and they mentioned they're from Chicago, and I was like, I couldn't really see what she looked like because she was sitting down at the bar, but I was like I bet this lady's gonna stand up, and I'll be like, "Oh, oh man!" Be and that's real, exactly what happened. Be real sturdy. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, and she stood up, and I was like, "Well, I'm in love, and I'll never see you again because you don't live here." So <laughs> goodbye. Uh, speaking of Chicago, oh yeah, Cole checked the night. Oh right, that's what we're here to talk about. <laughs> we're here to talk about not TV my show. untimely demise and women I want to fuck. <laughs> Good lord! I, I, honestly, Pat Dean, what I know about you, those two things will be intertwined. <laughs> <laughs> those two things will be. A, <laughs> Connected somehow. What a way to go out, dying fucking. I always seem to be murdered in a lighthouse. Oh, I don't say you're going to die fucking, but the woman you want to fuck will be involved in your (laughs) untimely death. Those two things. Look, buddy, you got to stop messaging me or I'm going to murder you. Okay, but what if I do it one more time? uh, Fair enough. You win. Uh, Episode 17, Legacy of Terror. A not very descriptive name for this episode. These were Um, so weird, both of them. I would say this one even more so than the next. Uh, his so I wrote uh, the, my first three notes are as follows: number one, Legacy of Sarah, the name of the episode. Number two, and I actually very much enjoy this. I never noticed before watching the opening credit sequence, but as Kolchak walks up to his desk, he takes his hat off and throws it at like a hook on the wall and misses. And then Does he, he just really continues to go about his business? I really, I never he, like, throws it against the wall. It falls to the ground. And he just sits at his desk and gets back to work. I enjoy it. But he, never, he makes no effort to pick his hat up. I enjoy that. That's hilarious. Which uh, is weird because he's so into that hat. He very much likes that hat. Weird. Uh, and then my third note is, yo, what's with the giant chicken men? Dude. Um, okay. This episode starts. The person gets, like, this person gets murdered. And there's like a brief moment where you see where the murderer is. And it's a giant chicken. <laughs> it's a giant chicken. But he's got like a kind of a metal beak. It, he looked like. Do you remember when Burger King had that weird giant chicken thing in their commercials? That's yeah, why yeah, the, yeah, it's like I, the chicken fingers or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. paused the episode because I was laughing so hard. I was like, <laughs> "Why is this happening?" I almost <laughs> tweeted you, and I forgot. I was going to be like, "Hey, dude, I don't know if you started watching yet, but these first three minutes are going to make you go insane." That's hilarious. There's a chicken man. Um, chicken man. There are. Well, let's rephrase. There are multiple chicken men. Um, chicken which man. here's what's very crazy when you watch this episode. What we are led to believe, if I understand this episode correctly, it's convoluted. Is that those giant chicken men are just men? Yeah, they're just dudes in chicken suits. They're not supernatural in any way. There's nope. one supernatural thing. There's this mummy that comes to life, but then the rest of them are just sort of cult members in chicken costumes. It's so strange. Why are they chicken men? Uh, well, I guess we're supposed to believe they're parrot men, but they are quite clearly chicken. They're clearly chickens! Because also, what's crazy about the chicken man is, he is... <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a very silly sentence that I just said. amazing. Is that... At, so, like, 
you get so there's a there's a football player that's murdered, and then there's a Green Beret that's murdered. Uh, in the murder of the Green Beret, we see the Chicken Man, and he's literally like pecking at him, like a chicken would. Like he's making like a pecking motion. Yeah. But we find out that he is his their hearts have been cut out with some sort of dull knife. Um, Dude, it is a that first three minutes. There's so much murder, and then they like in the. the before even the credits, he should. There's people. There's chicken men, yeah, yeah. fucking cutting out people's hearts with dull blades. Yeah, they make it's a like, point of saying how dull the knives. It's are. brutal. Uh, it's very brutal, and they leave their hearts on steps, like like they're murdered on a, on a flight of steps, and then their hearts are like on uh, on lower steps that are specifically numbered. So the first one is seven steps, the next one is like nine steps, and they eventually thirteen steps, so on and so forth. Um, Kolchak here. So, so there's a thing where like uh, Vincenzo and Uptight are at some sort of convention that I didn't really understand. It's a uh, chicken man convention. Chicken convention. Uh, <laughs> gonna move a lot of bird. Shout out, <laughs> shout out Mike McRae. Um So this podcast uh, is for us. Just fucking just talking about our friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he here. So he pull, He shows up late. He's supposed to be there at eight. He shows up at like nine fifteen. He, I, I actually very much enjoyed that scene. He shows up in, the car, in his car. He, val- he gives his keys to the valet. Vincenzo starts yelling at him about being late. And then he hears on the radio there's been a homicide. And he never even makes it to the curb where Vincenzo is. He no. just turns around and gets in the car and drives away. Uh, <laughs> at which point he shows up to the, the, uh, to the crime scene. And there's a cop saying, I'm sorry, uh, reporters. We can't let you into the crime scene. Uh, on a case like this, we're going to get a lot of false confessions, and we need to be able to preserve the details to weed out the fake confessions. And uh, Kolchak hears that as he pulls up in the elevator, and immediately he's like, well, fuck that, and goes straight back in the elevator up to the crime scene, at which point he just literally, like, I mean, I, we know, I know we talk about how Kolchak likes to walk through crime scenes a lot. He is just stomping through this fucking crime scene. Oh, There's, God. like, a, a body pools of blood and then a heart and he's just <laughs> stepping yeah. through all of it like oh i'm sorry where is the press conference i don't know where i am yeah it's okay it's me kolchak the guy who's always in the way you know me <laughs> oh, don't worry don't worry kolchak's here to save the day good yeah lord um we find out just leaving boot prints and blood and entrails good christ this hotel is hosting some sort of pr convention or a newspaper convention or something uh he meets Kolchak meets a lady who's in charge of PR for the hotel, a uh, woman who's some sort of like captain in the air force who's like a pilot, but she's also doing PR, and then a major for the air force as well. And there's a very apropos, as it is the day after International Women's Day when we're taping this sequence, where uh, the woman is saying how like. Oh, now that, you know, the Air Force has so many opportunities for women, and you can achieve whatever, and then Kolchak and the Major and everybody just starts talking over her immediately, and she keeps trying to, like, chime in, and no one's listening to her. It's, yeah, it's it's a somewhat, uh, con- it's an interesting thing, because, like, this was written, I think, in, I believe this takes place in 1973, mm-hmm. I believe, so you kind of, and, like, they make a point to say, like... Well, you could actually let her finish speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're yeah, kind of yeah. like, oh, shit, Kolchak. Oh, everybody's woke the by Night you. The Night Stalker. Which leads to, later on, the least woke moment ever. Yeah. <laughs> where, so what we find out is, and we'll 
get through it and whatever. It doesn't really matter. But there's an Aztec cult slash mummy slash warrior. It's so fucking weird. <laughs> that is that comes out of this mummy comes out of hibernation every 52 years to take five uh, sac- human sacrifices of hearts to feed him until the millennium where he can come back and rule over the world or whatever. Uh, but th- of those sacrifices, four are noble, selfless warriors, and then the fifth one is somebody who is willingly giving himself up to be sacrificed. Yeah. So, fucking Kolchak says, um, he hears this from this, uh, this professor, and tells him, like, all these five will be noble warriors, and the fifth one will be a willing, a willing sacrifice, and he, uh, four will be noble warriors. And he says, so, uh, noble warriors, like, a football player, a Green Beret, a lady pilot? Like, he says it <laughs> like that! And then he says, a cop, because a cop gets murdered. But literally, he is blown away by the fact that a, a lady pilot can be a noble warrior over a goddamn football player. But Green Beret, I get you. But he goes, a football player, yeah. a, a Green Beret. Uh, hold on, wait a second. A lady pilot? But like, what if she gets her period while she's bombing the Viet Cong? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, that is real. It's so funny. It's Because it's so odd, because earlier in the episode, like we said, there is the moment that they specifically wrote in to be like, hey, you guys are being kind of shitty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe let Don't do be, that. Yeah. And then he just does. Kol- the thing about Kolchak is so funny is that he's a reporter and he's observant, but he never learns anything. He never learns anything. Um, I am convinced even more so in these two episodes, that he is homeless alcoholic who is insane and none of this is actually happening. That's what I was fucking... That's what I'm bringing up for the next episode, yeah. Oh, for certain for the yeah. next episode, 100%. Um, fucking Eric Estrada is in this episode. So funny. I had no idea he was in this episode. And I was watching it at a coffee shop uh, and I was like, kind of like, hum, bum, 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 bum. and then... Eric Estrada shows up, yeah, yeah, yeah. and we have to watch this and just act like it's not Eric Estrada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, how yeah, is yeah. this is so weird? Uh, well, at the time, he probably wasn't, right? As 73, I don't know. I don't chips, know. I when did Chips, chips come probably out? Probably later. Was that 80s? Mm, uh, late 70s or early Okay, 80s, so he was I just... I believe. So he was uh, just like a, like an actor, a working actor. We find out that he is the fifth, uh, the willing sacrifice, because the willing sacrifice gets to live... I like this very much to go, he gets to live like a god for a year. And what that means to these people is he gets wine, women, peyote, and money. Yep. That's all it takes to be a god. I can buy all of those things. And I know it's not defensive (laughs) because women was included, but I'm just saying. But you could. You literally can. Like, that exists. Um, That's such a thing. uh, The other thing is he gets to learn how to play the flute. Not a, I don't think that's a that's not a deal breaker. Like I don't care about learning how to play the flute. I will say the flute comes in important because while the chick, <laughs> while the chicken men, it's, a, it's hard to say that sentence. The chicken warriors. While the chicken warriors are murdering people, there is you see a silhouette of someone playing the flute, <laughs> which I guess is supposed to be like, like controlling them. Yeah. 
But then he also plays the flute with these women. He has these three women with him, these, like, three blondes that are, like, at his beck and call or whatever. And I was like, is he just, like, the Pied Piper of Pussy? Is it just he plays the flute and then women do what he wants? First of all, I'd love to watch you play the flute. I pictured you playing the flute after he says not deal breaker, and I was like, fuck, this motherfucker needs to learn to play the flute. Uh, yeah, that, that was... To I, interrupt for one second, when I was in, uh, I don't know, I was young, we went to one of those, like, um, like, uh... Not medieval, but like colonial times okay. places. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sturbridge, Massachusetts, and we went to a uh, like in the gift shop. I could get one thing, and they had like a little tin flute, and then they had a fife. Uh, the fife was bigger, so I was like, "I'll put, I'll have the fife, please." Because my head that'll be louder. Yeah, it's bigger, it'll be louder. It's real hard. A fife? Yeah, I never because really like tried. A, like the tin flute was like you just blew it like a whistle, and it had like it was like like a, like a, a thin metal recorder. If that yeah. Makes sense. The fife is like an actual flute where you have to kind of blow over that little hole oh, shit. and hit your lips, and I never figured it out, so I just I used it as like a ninja weapon. It was like a <laughs> it was like a stick, so I just kind of flipped it like a stick. Well, you know, you got your money's worth. Yeah, I definitely got my money's worth. Um, <laughs> Kolchak gets some feathers. He gets knocked out by one of the chicken men. Um, at another murder, and he he takes these these feathers to a taxidermist. This guy fucking ruled. I like this guy a lot because specifically because he's like he shows up and he's like talking to him, and then he finds out that Colchick's a reporter. And he's like, "You get out of here! I know exactly what you media think of taxidermists and a horseshit or whatever." Uh, I want to say two things. One, I never knew that the News media had such a taxidermy bias. That seems weird. Well, you know, the liberal media and their taxidermy, their anti-taxidermy stance. I will also say the second thing, which is taxidermists are fucking creepy. Well, it's a weird thing to do. It's a very weird thing to do. Like, at least if you're, like, a mortician, you need those guys. Because... What's sort of. gonna happen to the, your your loved one's body? All this stick shit. my corpse in a box. I don't need you to paint me up. But that being said, I get it. <laughs> like it seems weird. Honestly, it seems very weird to well, me. That we in 2017 still do that. That seems very. It is. Weird. It is a little bit odd. But uh, there's no recession for death. So, uh, but, <laughs> but taxidermy. You don't is, need that. That's a recreational dealing with the dead. Like that's creepy as shit. Uh, inherently, that's creepy. Yeah, You're, what you do is hang out with dead animals for fun. Like that's how you spend your free time. But then you make them look alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the creepiest I was, shit in the world. I was house sitting one time uh, for this uh, friend of a friend, and I didn't know these people very well. And they were like, "Yeah, you know, you're, this is a house." Blah blah blah. And so after they left, I was like house sitting, so I kind of was like looking around their house just to see what it looked like, and. Like the like the guy was an avid hunter. He like wanted to go to Vietnam. Like the guy oh, wanted to kill something. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, wanted to go to Vietnam, yeah, yeah. but he medically could not do it. There's like something wrong with his foot, so like you can't do it. So this motherfucker <clears throat> had a blood. I, I, I don't mean to clap and laugh, What's but that? I love the idea of like, oh, there's a bunch of of children. Let's be fair. You're 18. You're a child <laughs> who are being forced against their will to go to Vietnam and murder strangers. Uh, for reasons like who knows, like I, 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 we've been able to study it. And I still don't understand. Something about, <laughs> something about communism and oil. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, they're forced against their will, but this guy's got something wrong with his foot, so he has to stay home. He wanted to go so bad, 
And so the way that he like dealt with this for the rest of his life is he became an avid hunter. Sure. And so you walk into this guy's house and he had the taxidermy heads of these different things. And you're like, this is pretty intense. And then the further he got into the house, the more like illegal looking it looked. <laughs> where you're like, I'm pretty sure you can't have that like you can't kill that thing dude yeah, like yeah, yeah. that's a rottweiler you creep <laughs> that's just a dog there's yeah, a yeah, head yeah. that looks like me i'm like yeah. oh no <laughs> I said, oh this sucks <laughs> he's like no it's a deer no it's not a deer that's that's a human being no look he's got like a bump <laughs> no that's me what is this <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh yeah. so yeah taxidermist stuff has always creeped me the fuck out man it definitely should so i love that like yeah that guy is like so defensive about his meteor portrayal, but it's like, buddy, like, what are you talking about? This is a thing in the seventies, maybe. Uh, we should address a couple things. One, Eric Estrada's name in this episode is Pepe. Oh fuck yeah! It Come is, on, dude. man. Come on. Um, I just watched. This is very loosely tied into what we're gonna say here. I just watched uh, Thelma and Louise for the first time last night. Have you ever seen Thelma and Louise? Uh, no, I know what it is. It's really, really good. I had never seen it. I knew bits and pieces just from living in the world, but I've never seen it before. Uh-huh. But there's a moment where, uh, so Thelma and Louise have taken this cop's gun and locked the cop in the trunk of his car, shot some air holes in it before he put him in so he could breathe, and then they just escape. A, uh, a cyclist comes upon that car. The cyclist is the most ham-fisted character. Uh, it's, a, it's a black dude with dreadlocks who has a, a Walkman tape to his arm that's playing... Peter Tosh, we hear Peter Tosh playing, and he's just smoking a giant joint. But he's also a long-distance cyclist. You know who doesn't just smoke giant <laughs> joints while on a hundred-mile ride? They just—it's the only black person in this fucking movie, and he might as well just be in like a fucking Rasta hat with fucking like the like the dreads come with the hat. <laughs> That's what I think of Pepe. He's like what Pepe? Yeah, seventy-three. Yeah, it's it's you. It's never anything like Juan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or like Eduardo. Like I've never met anyone named Pepe. No, it doesn't. Exist. We live in Texas. I've sure. never fucking <laughs> lived. Any, I never met anyone named that. Uh, the taxidermist wants to. Ch- uh, he tells him at one point. He's like, "Oh, this is a beautiful specimen of blah blah blah. Two hundred and fifty dollars." You know how much money that is in 1973? Yeah, that's like $35,000. <laughs> like, he's going he's to be making payments on this fucking thing. Uh, he he uh, starts to, like, balk at giving Kolchak free information. And then Kolchak's like, oh, well, I'm sure I'll, like, I'll have to buy something. Uh, he ends up buying, like, this little mouse or whatever. But I really, I, what I really wanted was for him to just spend the rest of the season driving that car with just a giant stuffed bird sticking out the back. <laughs> just just like, a, like an ostrich that he had to buy. Yeah, and now it's in the car because he can't go to his house because it doesn't it exist. It doesn't exist. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of disappointed that the mouse didn't become a recurring character for the yeah, rest of the thing. Yeah, where yeah, you're yeah, just like, yeah, wow, yeah, it's, yeah. Just me, it's just me and my mouse. <laughs> Solving mysteries, fighting vampires. Solving crimes. Yeah. Uh, he gets into this argument. So, the other th- the the other part of this that I don't a hundred percent understand. Uh huh. So Pepe works at the hotel, and Kolchak is told by this other the the PR woman for the hotel that Pepe is off limits. Like she's like I can I can uh, go off on the fucking senator. I can go off on the pope. I cannot yell at Pepe. I've been told hundred percent. I can't. Like he's he's got free range. I don't even know what he does. He doesn't have a job, but he just takes, he gets a salary. I don't know what he does, blah, blah, blah. Kolchak tells us somehow that the owner of this hotel, whose name is Andrews, 
changed their name from Aguelo. They lived in Mexico, which is where the Aztecs are from. And this whole thing is about Aztec gods and blah, blah, blah. So are we supposed to believe that the he- whoever owns this hotel is the, the cult guy? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Uh, I, I, I think because I think yeah, I think so. I mean, it makes sense, I guess, but it seems it's never really weird. mapped out. And then we see these cult people at the end, but they're he's not cult is never like, oh, you're Andrews, like the lead cult guy who's going to cut Pepe's heart out. Yeah, he, no, like he's just a dude. Like I, those him and the chicken pen are never explained to be like people in the world. They only exist as chicken men. Yeah, I think. It's a great sentence. That's they so only funny. exist as chicken. That man. is really fucking funny. Um, they, I think it's sort of implied, yeah, that they're they're the descendants. So they have so they're the cult people. Right. It's never outright stated, but I guess it. I think oh, I think they were just the reason that it's uh, it's um, Pepe, right? Is that they were like, oh, we know this guy. He's in our family. He's clearly like a dunce who just is out. He's the type of dude, 70s sex fiend, that if you're like, hey, man, for the next year, it's just fucking and sucking. He'd be like, yeah, let's do it. Oh, I have <laughs> yeah. to die at the end? Cool. That's Whatever. fine. I mean, that's kind of what happens. Uh, so Kolchak, well, there's there's one other thing I want to bring up before we get to the actual end. But, uh, well, two things. So Kolchak starts to explain all this to Vincenzo. Uh, and Vincenzo's like, he goes, look at these details. And it, it's uh, it's about how the Andrews people changed their name to Aguello, and they had hotels in... There are Cruz and Jalisco, but uh, but Vincenzo, but Tony says Jalisco instead of Jalisco, uh, and Kolchak corrects him. He's like, no, it's it's Jalisco, not Jalisco. And, and Vincenzo goes, I don't care if he's from Hersey City in New Hersey. That made me laugh really hard. I was like, good for you. That is a good fucking wisecrack. I enjoyed. Yeah, that very that much. that's a classic uh, Tony Vincenzo. Retort. I just love like their interaction is still so fucking funny to me. Even sure. even episodes more so in, in the next episode. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah. But like their 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 whole thing together is it's just always so funny that he's just so like God. What the fuck am I gonna do with you, Kolchak? Like it's just so funny <laughs> that he's just they're just stuck together. Uh, so Kolchak eventually goes to see a uh, professor, like he always does, as this exhibit. Well, for, before he goes to see a professor, he goes to the Mexican, uh, Mexican consulate. And he, when he gets there, the guy's like, oh, I'm sorry, the, the cultural attache is out of town. I'm like the economic attache or whatever. So I don't really know any of these. Like, I don't know about the history and culture, because so I can't answer those questions. Right. The culture's like, well, maybe you can try. What do you know about uh, Aztec heart sacrifices? The guy's like, yeah, I don't actually really know much about that. We can talk about tourism, or I can tell you about like the metal trade or whatever, but I don't know anything about that. And Kolchak is a wild dick about it. Yeah, he's such he's a like, Hey, hey, asshole, I'm asking about hearts. Like, he's so mad. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> hey, maybe don't be a dick. This guy's clearly, he's told you multiple times, that's not his job. He doesn't know. It's like, how infuriating is it? Working at at a normal job, but like Ugh. like this happened to me. We're like I've I've been working at a job, and people have been like, oh how like wait did this eggplant parmesan cost fourteen ninety five? And I go yeah oh well, yeah. You know the, who's not in charge of that? Me. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah. If if I you you fucking think if I was in charge of setting the prices, I'd be on the floor talking to your bitch ass at fucking three oh, in the afternoon. It's the worst. I wouldn't be. You know when you work at a bar and you get some fucking mixology douchebag that shows up and they're like, oh, maybe tell, uh, can you tell me about the origins of that uh, uh, Tito's? 
Here's the origin. It comes in a bottle. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're always like, what can you tell me about the uh, process of manufacturing of that uh, deep eddy <laughs> sweet tea ice, sweet tea vodka? I can tell you it comes in a bottle and you can fucking drink it or not. Yeah. Uh, the origin is that my bar manager ordered it and now I have to sell it to you at 350 because it's yeah, happy yeah, hour. Yeah, That's yeah, the origin. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, dude. People do that sometimes and you just – and it's like – I'm, I'm always – at this point, I've worked at, the, at my bar for four years. I'm just like when people ask me for shit like like about that, it doesn't happen that often. When this happens, I'm just like, I don't know, man. Like I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't know. Yeah. And they're like, oh okay. I'm like you know, you have a phone, right? You can just Google this. Just Google that. You get training about this. I work at a sports bar in Texas, dude. Like you think you think yeah, you think yeah, we're yeah. having wine tasting classes? You fuck. Uh, we find uh, eventually Kolchak says he has to get to the highest flight of stairs. Because all these murders happen on stairs, and this is going to be the last murder, so it'll be the highest one, which is in some kind of sports arena or whatever. Um, the chicken men show up, but he sees Pepe. Pepe's in like a weird headdress, and they got a tattoo or whatever, and he's trying to talk about it. This <laughs> At one point, Pepe says, uh, he's like, you're, you're uh, culture's like, oh, you're going to give up and just die? And he's like, what am I giving up anyway? I'd probably just get wasted by the cops before I'm 25. And I was like, man, fucking times have not changed. Yeah. <laughs> that is literally exactly the conversation we're having right now. Yeah, that ha- that happened, and I was like, uh, ooh. Shit, shit, got, <laughs> shit got dark. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, man. Times were so crazy back then. <laughs> uh, the, uh, what I like is, so Kolchak kind of was like, the guy's whole argument is like, look, I got to live the best year of my life, wine, women, and song, uh, my my mom is going to have everything she ever wants. Uh, I don't have to be... I'm just going to be a box boy anyway or whatever. He says box boy specifically. And then Kolchak, right before they're going to plunge the heart into him, he's like... He says, like, who says you got to be a box boy? And that's literally all it takes. <laughs> the guy goes, ah, oh, fuck this! And just runs. Yeah. You're right, Here, Kolchak. Here's where it gets weird. So he runs away. The chicken The chicken men chase... Okay, I have to say this sentence in all seriousness. The chicken men chase Eric Estrada away. God, we're adults. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We are in our 30s. I'm almost out. Yeah, dude. Um, the chicken men chase Eric Estrada away. And then the mummy comes to life and starts to try to kill Kolchak. Kolchak gets like, knocked down these stairs. I laughed really hard. Uh, when, so Kolchak's like knocked on the stairs and like his ankle's fucked up so he can't stand up and he's just sort of like ah groaning oohing and on his ankle the fucking mummy has this giant sword and is walking down the stairs toward Kolchak Kolchak doesn't notice the mummy until it is six inches from his body yeah. it's a giant mummy it has a big fucking headpiece and a scarf it's very big Kolchak doesn't notice until it's like in striking distance Kolchak rolls further down the stairs to get away from him. Him falling down those stairs is just the funniest fucking thing. It's real good. Kolchak falls a lot in both of these episodes. He 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 rolls down those stairs so slowly. <laughs> like, it looks really yeah, painful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, really yeah. looks like he felt it bad. For sure. Uh, he falls down the stairs. He looks back up and the mummy's gone. This moment, I I laughed so hard at this moment. So he rolls down the stairs, he looks up, the mummy's gone. He kind of staggers to his feet, he's looking around, he's rubbing his ankle. It legit takes about a minute. Like it's, and, and that doesn't sound like a long time, but in what, looking at a screen time in silence, it's a long time. So he's like, 
rubbing his ankle. He's looking around, blah, blah, blah. He turns to leave, and the fucking mummy is directly in front of him swinging the sword again. Like, he, I, there's, I don't understand what that sneak was, like, that time cut's supposed to be. Again, he learns nothing. Burst, yeah, exactly. He never learns. I burst out laughing at him turning to the left, and that mummy is just right next to his face. That mummy can't smell good. Like, how do you, know, how do you not smell this decomposing body? Yeah, 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 yeah. A, like a 1,500-year-old body. Good lord. Uh... Kolchak ducks again, the mummy dies because we there's some shit about if the mummy doesn't get the hearts before Venus comes out of the moon's shadow that it, it can't get the hearts or whatever. I don't know. This this episode's kind of convoluted. It's confusing. Um I don't dislike this episode, like I was entertained, but I was in no moment ever like, oh, this is a cool monster or this is afraid. Because really the monster doesn't be a monster until the last 10 minutes. That's what's so weird about this episode is that every other episode, you know who the villain is in the first five minutes. A lot of times you see the villain. Yeah, yeah, most of In the first five minutes. They're usually flinging cops around like it's nothing, (laughs) which is kind (laughs) of odd, but like... Sure. So you don't see the villain until the last 10 minutes. Well, the villains the whole time are like the cult members, like like servants or whatever, which is fine. But then we find out at the very end, oh, there's also the supernatural mummy, and it just feels very forced in at the end. Uh, and, and I would also like to add, we have no idea what happened to Pepe and the, other, and the Chicken Men. The Pepe and the Chicken Men storyline, by the way, band name, Pepe and the Chicken Men. Holy shit. Uh, um, the Chicken Men chased Pepe away. To, we don't know. I think they could have caught him. We don't know. Like they are just that story is never actually. Wrapped I up. think he says something about like we could never find Pepe, but I heard he works at a gas station or something like that. So you're kind of like, well, first of all, who told you that? Yeah, 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 also, yeah. like, how do you know? How do you know that? And also, you can't find Pepe. Like, and, hey. and also, you were like, you don't have to be a bus boy, but like he kind like he's like one step above that. So it's like, well, it also so didn't work out. Didn't really, his life didn't really work out that well. He had a good year, but yeah, I don't know. This, this episode was fine. It wasn't bad. I, I didn't particularly enjoy it. Sure. It was, it, it, it was just, it just was what it was. You know, it was a weird cold Jack episode. So, um, I don't know. I'll give it, um, just, just for the pure fact that there's grown men dressed like chicken. <laughs> Word. I'll give it, I'll give, I'll give it 16 mans out of 10. That's a good rating. Yeah. Which brings us to episode 18, The Nightly Murders. This, Nightly with a K. This was so fucking weird. Ooh, this whole thing. Um, right away, I was like, okay, this is going to be an att- like, a, like a funny episode. Like, they're not going to try for scares at all. And my, I got that feeling because of the new cop. This cop, so Kolchak has had, he kind of deals with a different cop every episode. I wonder why of. that is. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure their point. To me, it would seem like it would make a better episode if, like, he constantly has the same foil. But that's not the case with Kolchak. He's dealing with a new cop every episode and he always, in the same city. And he always talks to them as if they have a long-standing long, relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's like, well, here's, here's what's wrong with you. And they're like, well, here's what's wrong with you. And it's like, right. do you guys know each other? Like, what is this? This cop is... Okay. So this cop is, like, supposed to be sort of erudite and educated. 
And I guess he's supposed to be an asshole. But also, Kolchak just comes across as dumb. <laughs> like, like the cops asked him at one point, so, uh, alright, so, alright, spoiler alert, this is a nightly murders with a K, to the goddamn night killing people. It's really not a big surprise. <laughs> what if it was another mummy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> Wait, very again? Weird. Okay, that makes sense. I know, it's a guy in a suit of armor, yeah. or as we find out, just sort of a possessed suit of armor, killing people. The mystery in this episode is, is lackluster at best. Yeah. Who cares about spoilers? Uh-huh. The cop, uh, he's, like, supposed to be sort of smart. At one point, he says to, uh, like, Kolchak's like, what killed him? And the cop says, society. And then he goes on to be like, oh, picture Chicago as six million people pressed against each other. A dynamic uh, description of a crystalline interwebbing of social needs. Like, he just goes off in this rant or whatever. uh Kolchik finally narrows him down. He says this thing that kind of looks like a... It looks like a... It would be a nice pick, but bigger. Killed this guy. And Kolchak says, like, well, what, what, huh? And the guy says, well, look, you know, technology. You know, there, the number of ice pick murders since 1942 have dropped drastically. And Kolchak's like, what? And he goes, well, ice comes fucking cubed. You get ice in an ice tray now. It's just not whatever. And Kolchak's like, are you telling me that there's ice found at both of these murders? No, you fucking idiot. Yeah, He's you... telling you people don't use ice picks anymore. That is very obvious. How do you not understand this, news reporter? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you mean it doesn't actually rain cats and dogs? <laughs> Kolchak, you're embarrassing yourself. <laughs> uh, we find out basically that... Okay, this episode is fucking weird. Uh, there is a, a knight murdering people. Uh, a suit of armor murdering people, essentially. There is a museum that is being turned into like a TGI Fridays, right? Am I? That's yeah, essentially what's very happening. very odd. There's like a night. There's like a museum that's being like that was full of like actual medieval artifacts, actual suits of armor from the medieval times, swords, whatever. And this company is like painting over them to make it fit the uh, fucking decor, decor or whatever. Uh-huh, which seems fucking insane. That's so weird. It's like they're doing medieval, that medieval times restaurant chain, but like for real. Yeah. It Did just you ever seems... go to one of those places? Uh, I went to, when I was in, I went to Las Vegas once and they have, um, at Excalibur, they have like a medieval times show. It's not a medieval times itself, but you go to the Excalibur casino and they have like a giant arena and there's guys on horseback and each section each section has like a knight you're supposed to cheer for, right? Yeah. And the section we were in were for like the bad guy knight. Oh shit. And the bad is, boy. Which is perfect. Makes me happy. But uh so they tell you there's Merlin is like the host, right? And Merlin is in the <laughs> ring and he says, you know, when your knight comes by, cheer for your knight. And there's fucking a green knight and a red knight and a whatever. We have the black knight. We had been playing uh outside of the showroom, there's like carnival games and shit. Me and my friend were drunk, and we won, like, toy plastic swords at uh. these carnival games. So we, we're in there. We're eating our fucking chicken leg with our fingers. You got your no, fife with you. Because there's no goddamn silverware and shit. And uh, the Black Knight comes by, and we had been, like, pulling our sword and be like, huzzah, and cheering our guy. And one time, my, uh, my friend pulls his sword and goes, huzzah. But he hits his, his soda that he had in front of him and just 
douses this like family of four in was front of Was it Big of Tuna? That motherfucker? <laughs> I wish it was Big Tuna. Uh, it was, I was my guy. buddy Dan. But he smacks his soda and just, there's like a mother and father and two kids and he just fucking sprays them with Diet Pepsi. Like just oh, douses God. them. Merlin was like directly in front of us when this happened. Like the host. We were only a few rows back from the, the floor. And uh, Merlin's like doing his speech. As this happens, he just stops dead in his tracks. Looks at my friend and goes, Classy. And goes right back into his fucking Merlin speech. Merlin. I was like, you got Merlin. Dude, well, it's so funny about medieval times places. It's always like, it's it's a weird mix of families and And just drunk idiots. (laughs) Like, I went to one in Maryland, I think in Maryland years ago. And I remember that we, I think we had like the red knight. Like, it doesn't really matter what color it was, but like, I just remember we got drunk as fuck. And then we, like, we, as we were leaving, we saw the knight in like the lobby. <laughs> like, I guess you could meet the knights. Yeah, so yeah, just yeah, from yeah, like yeah. a distance, we were just like, hey, red knight, you're the fucking man, dude. Holy shit. Holy shit. And everybody was just like, he was dying laughing. Everybody else was like, whoa, these guys have been overserved. Yeah, that's fantastic. So yeah, I guess they're like making that sort of thing, but like I don't know, it's odd. It was a weird thing, weird plot development. Uh, Kolchak can't get answers he wants from this cop. The cop is in this episode almost more than any other cop. Like he's in it a lot, just spouting random nonsense. So Kolchak's like, I can't get straight answer from this guy. I'm gonna go to the guy I know I can get straight answer from. Papa Jim or whatever fuck his name. His name's Papa something. I don't remember. I think maybe he runs like a pawn shop. It was unclear. It like yeah. it's unclear who that guy is. He runs some sort of store. Uh, but Colchek goes there to find answers about like so. There's what's weird is there's been two murders. One guy is like a a, a politician fixer guy, yeah. and then a guy who owns like a restaurant next to this museum, which we find out. I really laughed. <laughs> They mur- <laughs> the knight murders him because he was willing to give up his parking lot. Okay, this episode. All right, it's weird. So what we, <laughs> what we fucking weird? What we find out is that this knight, there's a the black knight of fucking blah blah blah, was some French knight. There's a myth about this French knight who made a pact or a curse or whatever that made his armor impenetrable. Except via some fucking crazy axe that we find out about. But that guy also... That guy also hates dancing and music. So weird. It's He's just the footloose of night. <laughs> he's just a jerk. So we... He, he, what we find out is he promised on his death. So he's eventually... So his armor is impenetrable. But he's eventually killed by some axe that is blessed by a pope. And uh, on his deathbed he vows that... that Merriment and dancing will never happen by his grave. Uh, That's exactly what happened. It sounds like I'm making that up or I don't know what I'm talking about. That's exactly what That's a direct quote. That's a direct quote. Uh, So now that this museum is being turned into a, what I'm told is a, they say like a lobster shop slash dance club. It's very fucking weird. He is resurrected to kill everyone that's going to allow dancing to happen near his grave, which is under this museum. Kolchak, so he's killed a guy with a crossbow bolt. He's killed a guy with a sword or whatever. Kolchak goes to this guy who owns a fucking pawn shop or whatever to be like, oh, you're an expert in crossbow bolts. 
uh, tell me about this or whatever. And that guy's like, oh, no, you have to go back to the 14th century. They've never, like, they don't make those crossbow bolts anymore. But what I like about the scene, which is pretty useless, is that Kolchak's <laughs> like, oh, you need some money. Like, the guy makes a point of, like, oh, I got to get my teeth fixed or whatever. He's like, oh, let me give you some money for your teeth. And he goes, no, forget the money. Record another couple chapters of my biography. <laughs> which we find out, like, what we find out is essentially that Kolchak goes to this guy for information and in return, agrees to like write his biography. So this guy just starts like talking into the Coltex microphone and being like, "Oh well, uh, you know, my cousin showed up with a pig or whatever." He's just going off on some crazy random story. I really enjoyed that, and the culture's like, "Oh no, just take the money." And now Kolchak has to sit there for two hours and listen to this guy tell his fucking it's story. So, it's so funny because like you see that and you go, "Why the hell would he do that?" But you kind of forget that, like, you know, back then, not everyone had a podcast or a blog or this or that. So literally, what's like, well, I need people to tell my story. How? They didn't know how. So then he sees Kolchak and his dumbass hat, and he's like, oh, this fucking fuck. He'll be able to help me out. I also feel like Kolchak probably didn't have any money to give him because he's homeless and not actually a reporter. <laughs> so he was like, all right, sure, I'll just, I'll just record your fucking story. Uh, the pawn shop guy has a line where he goes... Guys, people don't want crossbows. They want guns and elevator shoes and karate lessons. I really like that one. I mean, yeah. I mean, but they really do. Though that is a great combination: guns, elevator shoes, karate lessons. I'm I, fuck. That's a great Saturday afternoon for the Dean man. I think karate lessons are. I, th- I think elevator shoes are going to fuck up your karate lessons. That's what I think. Yeah, or make you an unstoppable karate practitioner. Every <laughs> kick in the face with elevator shoes. It probably doesn't feel good. That's true. Uh, I, <laughs> There's another murder. Uh, the guy who owns the museum is now murdered by a dude with a like, the suit of armor with a mace or whatever. Uh, Kolchak is a rat. No, it's the uh, interior decorator who was murdered uh, while Kolchak is there. And Kolchak has knocked out. <laughs> I fucking really like that moment really solidified that I will never be afraid of either a, a guy in a suit of armor or even a ma- magically possessed suit of armor. Yeah. One, I'll hear you coming. You're just a giant pile of metal clanging together. Right, it's echoing. That's how fucking loud it is. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I... yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, I will get out of the way. You're very slow. No, Both of the murders we actually see take place just sort of go, oh no, oh no, oh no. But they don't make any attempt to get out of the way at all. It's so funny, because like, watching that, I, I was thinking, like, just like, man, it really shows how far like warfare has come. Like This, is, this was at one point the pinnacle of technology <laughs> yeah, yeah, in, in yeah, Europe. Yeah, where it's put just a bunch of metal on yourself. A bunch of metal, which makes sense, so no one can hit you, but also like you're not going to be able to move. You can't do anything. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Can you imagine being a knight? Just walking around wearing that? I feel like an idiot. No, that seems like a nightmare. Undignified. <laughs> nightmare? There we uh, go. I did it. They replace the morgue guy. Col- uh, uh, Kolchak goes to the morgue, but there's a new morgue Different guy. Different guy, yeah. I don't really get the motivation there. Like, we don't get... He's young. Like, he's like a young guy with red hair. But nothing comes of that. Like, it's not like, oh... He's going to get a new relationship, or the old guy got fired for giving you information or something. No, it's just another guy that he has to give money to. 
It seems like the same. Like they just could have used the same guy. I wonder if weird. the reason like they keep using different people every week is is like so they don't have to pay them like series regular money. I guess. Maybe that's why, like yeah, guests yeah, are money, yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. but then they had that random guy pop up again in, in the uh, the Swatsik episode. So I don't know, man. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which had nothing to do with anything. Uh, so Kolchek, he finds so he figures out this whole night thing. Uh, and my favorite moment of this whole episode is that uh, Vincenzo is like, "Listen, Kolchek, my sister had a nervous breakdown." I'm seeing a lot of this in you. Like, you're just exhibiting all the same behaviors. You're having these fictional crazy ideas of a, a magical night. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Culture's like, no, you got to listen to me. This is a real thing. I, at this moment, just believe Vincenzo. I really, like, it's not going to be the case. Right. But what I want more than anything is for the last episode of this, last episode of this, is to just be like flashback of him faking all of, not faking but just imagining all of this yeah yeah and then being dragged away into a mental institute that's what i was thinking man like like when 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 tony vicenzo was like laying out why he thinks he's having a nervous breakdown I'm it like, is the most logical fucking idea is, that's happened this whole season this is clearly what the case is yeah 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 i have not seen your house you haven't changed your clothes <laughs> in 18 episodes yeah uh he was told in the last episode before he was supposed to come to that convention at the hotel, fucking Vincenzo was like, look, I need you to fucking press your suit, get a new hat, show up fucking professional. And he shows up like a dirtbag, like he always Just does. Just him. And like literally when he gets out of the car, he's like kind of like, look, man, it's like he has this like defeated body language of like, look, I don't have other fucking shit to wear. Like, yeah, of course you don't. You're homeless. You sleep in that car. <laughs> Yeah, this whole series clearly is one man struggling against his cracked psyche. Psyche, yeah, yeah. 100%. Uh, no, so the point where, particularly at the end of this episode, he just says, like, no, like, so he's attacked by this knight. He breaks this case. Uh, there's the giant axe that the supposedly the Pope blessed or whatever that he, he can't really even lift up. He kind of hits the knight with it once. I mean, it's huge. It's like eight feet long. It's a giant thing. But he turns it up so that when the knight falls on it, it'll puncture the armor or whatever, and that's going to kill the knight. And when it kills the knight, he takes the helmet off and goes, oh, it's empty. There's nothing inside the suit of armor. Right! Because you fucking made all... All you do is trash a museum, you lunatic. Yeah, it's great. And at the end, he's like, well, I'm going to have a lot of explaining to do to the yeah. museum's owners. And it's so funny yeah, because... All he says is like, but I tell you, it was real. That was it. There's so many... And it got me thinking, there's so many instances... That have that we never see that have to be him talking to whoever owns the place he just trashed, <laughs> being like, "Look, man, uh, I don't know what to tell you. There was a there was a mummy running around. And I fell down a flight of stairs, and then to fight this bog monster. Then there was a vampire. Like you never see the explanations, <laughs> yeah, but I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really wish I could see it. Uh, the, the other character that we don't we haven't talked about is the guy who runs the museum that's getting turned into CGI mm-hmm. Fridays. He's very upset. <laughs> Uh, he's very upset about this fucking museum being ruined. At one point, Kolchak suspects him of being the guy in the suit, uh, but that's not the case. But uh, after he accuses him and the cops try to make this guy try on the armor, which doesn't fit, uh, Kolchak's like, look, I'm sorry about all that, but let me ask you a question about this knight. And fucking the guy goes, 
I wouldn't give you another bit of information if you held me down and let a pack of rats run through my clothes willy-nilly. That was very specific. That sounds like you're into that. Yeah, this guy has a very specific thing that he is trying to do. Yeah, that sounds very much like a guy's like, I wouldn't tell you anything unless you tickled my feet while wearing a clown costume and (laughs) singing the themes on to Mary Tyler Moore. Like, okay, you have a specific thing that makes you come. That makes you come, and you need it. What's so funny about that scene is, and I, I rewound this just to make sure that this is what actually happens. Yeah. So he's like being interviewed by this cop who's like, blah, 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 and he's like, you better be telling me the truth, blah, blah, blah. Right. And it cuts to them interrogating the guy, the owner. There's this weird close-up they do of his face. They do a cl- So this, the scene starts. It's close-up on his face. He turns to the camera and it like quickly zooms out. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's so weird. If you watch the episode, I think you'll know what I'm talking about because it is so awkward that you're like, did they just not edit this correctly? Or like, did they not mean to do that? Because it is so goddamn funny that he turns to the camera and the camera almost reacts like, oh shit, <laughs> And they zoom back. It's fucking weird, man. There's another weird moment where, so Vincenzo is yelling at Kolchak, trying to tell him, like, look, hey, just go lay down in my office. You're exhausted. You're having a mental breakdown, blah, blah, blah. Kolchak's not listening. He runs out. Vincenzo goes, like, uh, uptight sitting at his desk, and Vincenzo says, like, man, I, I just, I guess I can't help but think it's my fault. Maybe I browbeat him too much. Maybe I, I'm the pressure that's driving him crazy. And uptight goes, don't castigate yourself. And then Vincenzo gives him a look like, what? Yeah. And then that's the end of the scene. So this, the, the, I thought he was going to have a snappy comeback. I, what I think is supposed to ha- what that joke is supposed to be, is that Vincenzo mistook castigate for castrate. I thought it was going to be masturbate. Okay. That also works. Yeah. But I think that's supposed to be the gag, but it's so old that we can't get close enough to the double entendre right. to make it make sense. Right. But like it, after he says castigate, it cuts to Vincenzo and he goes, Mrrr, he like makes his face and it holds on it for eight seconds, like a it's long time. It's weird. It's a very odd. And then cuts cut. away without him saying anything. Like even if he had been like, get back to work, like that would have made sense. But for having no response at all, it's just weird. It's, it's, it's very strange. And that's the thing about this show is that a lot of times they have like very weird edits. Like what we just talked about with like that guy looking at the camera and them zooming out. There's a lot of really weird edits in in this in this show. I think some of like the edits and also just weird beats. Like I don't think we put enough strength behind the fact that like this is 40 years ago and as such the world is just different. Yeah. Like, the way you watch TV is different. The way you anticipate jokes is different. So, like, that beat probably made sense in the time because that's how jokes worked back in 40 years ago, right? In 1971, 40 years ago, 40-whatever years ago, uh, someone saying a thing and then the guy making a weird face was a joke. And now you need the button on it to make it a joke. Uh, I'll give you an example, I thought, anyway. Kolchak is talking to like about this interior decorator, uh, and Uptight's like, oh, she'll never talk to you or whatever. And he looks back at, he's like, yo, yeah, you're going to get replaced by a Boston fern, and you a snapdragon. And then he storms off. And I'm like, did people 40 years ago just know about plants? Like, I don't did know. He, did human, just, just adult males have a vast knowledge of fucking what kind of plants were? Because <laughs> that shit made no sense to me. I feel like, I don't know, man. I, I almost feel, it's so strange because nowadays with the internet and technology, it's like, 
you we should be the smartest we've ever been right. and we're Dumb as fuck. <laughs> and I feel like, and it's even like, if you watch old Seinfeld episodes, like in their early years, they'll make references to like literary figures yeah, and like yeah, plays. Yeah, yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. so what? people just, this is on network TV. People just <laughs> you know about this? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. weird. Uh, there's another weird moment. So Kolchak, so one of the murders, there's a, a phone that is crushed by this knight. Right? Yes. The knight steps on his phone and crushes it. And Kolchak, uh, at the crime scene, realizes, oh, well, there's like, the the person the, the guy's butler goes oh well the cops think that the the murderer crushed it so he couldn't call the cops but there's like two other phones that aren't crushed or whatever we know that the knight just stepped on it yeah uh, so Kolchak like calls a guy from the phone company to come to the office and he's like so how much psi would it take to crush a phone and I guess he had to lie to him and say he was having problems with his phone to get the guy over there and he's like what are you talking about what you you made up some bullshit you fucked up the thing to get me over here or whatever he's pissed off. And then he, he like goes oh he looks at the two other desks and they have sort of ornate like what you would consider an antique phone. It was like uh like the kind you put one piece up to your ear yeah, and yeah. talk into the other piece. Uh the kind you dial a phone on by going like Klondike five, like that kind of shit. <laughs> yeah, dude. And then another one is like a big like princessy antique phone. Uh-huh. And the guy's like, What are these bootleg phones? And he pulls them out and leaves with them. So I guess what that means is in the 70s, you had to rent your phone from the phone company. And if you had a phone that they didn't provide, it was against the law? I don't know. That's, that's, a, that's what I'm saying about how this show... Like, you don't think that 40 years ago is such a crazy time distance. Yeah. But clearly, that should exist in a world that we don't understand. And I'm right, 39 right. years old. Yeah. We had house phones. I grew up with fucking house phones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but we could just buy a house. You just got a phone with a fucking answering machine. You buy a phone. But apparently then, and like at one point, uh, Vincenzo goes, ah, oh, we had a good thing going with those bootleg phones. Oh, what are you yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's funny. I remember when I, when I moved here in 09, uh, I was like, uh, in the house I was living at, we were like, so maybe we should look into getting like a, like a landline. Yeah. And I thought about it and I was like, oh, wait, we don't have to do that. And yeah, now I'm like, not a thing. in my head, I'm like, dude, I've never lived in a house that has had a house phone since I moved out of my fucking parents' house. house. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you, you don't have a, do you have a phone in here? No. That's Why would you? I don't even think we have the jack for a phone. <laughs> like, I don't think we have the thing in the wall. You for physically a phone can't board. put in a landline. I honestly don't think, if I'm being honest, I don't know where that would be. Right. We have a cable port, but we don't have a phone line. Uh-huh. Kolchak kills the night, blah, blah, blah. He promises everything's going to be all right. I'm pretty sure he's going to go sleep one off in his car. Right, of course. He's going to park park in Uptight's fucking parking space, <laughs> if you recall correctly. Uh, we got one more episode, last two episodes. Yeah, man. Uh, you have any predictions? Man, I'm still... I, I still want them to fight Bigfoot. Word or the Loch Ness monster, but you can't. You can't do that. <laughs> the Loch Ness monster be in so Chicago. good. Just fucking Kolchak. Like, well, Kolchak wins a vacation to Scotland. Well, I mean, they have a French he knight. Has to, he has to go to Scotland to like cover a story. Yeah, or he's had to travel before, and now most of the episode is just him and Scuba Gear. I mean, it'd be so with tight. Also, the camera on. I still, I, I just really wanted. I think at the beginning of this, I said I wanted to see some some classic fifties Universal yeah, yeah, monsters, yeah, yeah, which yeah. which we which we have seen. Yeah, we've seen werewolves, we've seen vampires, we've seen. But I, I still have we seen 
I don't remember. A Frankenstein? No. Yeah. But also, a Frankenstein. A Frankenstein. A dumb thing. Um, yeah, because it's a Frankenstein monster. Sure. Uh, so fucking, and then <laughs> we also... Also, you know what? Fuck you. It's Frankenstein. Shut the fuck up. You yeah, all know yeah. what we're saying, you yeah, yeah, fucking yeah, 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 prick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, I still want to see them fight Bigfoot. I don't think we're going to see them fight Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster. So I will be an unfulfilled uh, Dean Man. Awesome. You got anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, you can uh, go to my podcast, storyfellers.com. Uh, we talk to Austin Comics to tell stories. It's funny. Uh, I'll be at the Velveeta Room March 24th and 25th. So maybe come see me in my element. Go do you that. Know? Bombing. I, uh, this is not going to be out in time for tonight, but I'm doing Douglas Movies tonight at Cat City. So Hell you yeah. can listen to that podcast at some point in the future. Uh, tomorrow, this will definitely be out by tomorrow, so if you're listening to this on Friday the 10th, I will be at Barracuda with Eddie Pepitone and Janine Garofalo and Lashana Lester and Vanessa Gonzalez. Hell yeah. It'll be super fun. Apparently, I sp- oh, Elijah Wood's DJ group is DJing. The yeah, I saw that. There's a bunch of shit going on. It's going to be fun. Come to that. Uh, on the 17th, if you have a South by badge, I will be on Colt Cabana's Art of Wrestling podcast. It's an official South by show. I think you need a badge for that. So come out to that. Uh, I am headlining Cap City. To head- well, I'm at Moon Tower Comedy Festival. Come to that. That's April something. End of May, I'm in Las Vegas for the Crapshoot Comedy Festival. Then I'm headlining a week at Cap City. So come to both of those things. Uh, if you like the show, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. It's super helpful to us. Tell your friends. It's also helpful. Tweet at me ideas for the next show to cover because I am at a loss. Well, I mean, I have ideas, but I don't know if you guys want to do them. I'm thinking maybe uh, Birds of Prey or uh, Surface. Give me so an is idea. That the DC comic thing. Yeah, yeah. They did hey, the you one should back tweet. In the day. You should tweet at me at Pat Dean. I like, that. Getting, I like getting tweeted at. No one ever tweets at me. It's super fun. Tweet at Pat Dean. It's a good time. I'll respond. I got nothing else to He's do. He's got nothing going on. I really don't. I mean, I'm almost getting murdered at my job constantly, but uh, other than that, I have nothing. So tweet at me. I'll, res- I'll at least hit favorite. Definitely do that. And uh, we'll see you next week.